Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. You're joined today by myself, Renee Reddy, and my colleague, Lorette Risk. And we're Hi, going everyone. to. Hi, Lorette, and we're going to discuss the intricacies of the settlement approval process in the commission. Lorette, can you tell us a little bit more about what happens after the insurer lodges the application on behalf of the parties to have the settlement approved? The application will then go to an officer of the commission for allocation to a member. In some circumstances, allocation may be deferred where the commission believes it is appropriate that further documentation should be provided. Renee, what sort of format will the approval process take and is the member bound by the rules of evidence? Great question, Lorette. Well, the settlement approval process may include undertaking the assessment on the papers or via teleconference, video conference or face-to-face meeting as appropriate. The member may determine the settlement approval procedure. However, they are not bound by the rules of evidence. This is dictated by Section 43.2 of the Personal Injury Commission Act, which means that they can inquire into any matter relevant to the issues in dispute in such manner as they think fit. A member can even ask for further information from the parties to assist in their consideration of the proposed settlement. That's exactly right. So, Lorette, when a member is considering the settlement approval process, is it a very formal process? Good question, Renee. The member must act with as little formality as the circumstances of the claim permit and according to equity, good conscience and the substantial merits of the matter without regard to technicalities and legal forms. The member must also ensure that relevant material is available so as to enable all of the relevant facts in issue to be determined. So, what will the member do next, Lorette? Well, after the matter is heard or considered on the papers, depending on the member's chosen format, They may decide to reject the proposed settlement as submitted in the application with or without recommendations to the parties about the further conduct of the claim or approve the proposed settlement as submitted in the application or approve an amended proposed settlement agreed by the parties during the course of the consideration of the proposed settlement approval. Renee, can you tell us more about what occurs after the member has reached a decision about the proposed settlement? Thanks, Lorette. The member will then issue a settlement approval decision. The member is to issue the parties with a certificate as to the determination of the settlement approval application, attaching a brief statement of reasons for the determination. The settlement approval application will be determined as soon as practicable by the issuing of the member's certificate. So, Renee, does this mean the settlement decision is binding on the parties? Why, yes, Lorette, that's exactly what it means. Is there a time limit for when the decision must be provided to the parties? Yes, Lorette, preferably 14 days after the application has been made. However, this is not a strict time limit and a decision will aim to be conveyed to the parties as soon as practicable. However, if 14 days pass and the decision is only made after that, that decision will not be invalid. 
So, Lorette, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what happens after the decision has been received? Once received, the insurer then has to communicate to the claimant the outcome and effect of the decision on their settlement. Renee, what does the insurer have to ensure that they communicate to the claimant? Well, listeners and Lorette, the insurer has to communicate how and when the insurer will give effect to the settlement approval decision and the impact of the settlement approval decision on the claimant and their claim. So, Lorette, can you tell us a little bit more about whether there's a time limit for the insurer to communicate this information to the claimant? The insurer must give effect to the approved damages settlement as soon as practical after the approval is received and in accordance with any terms of the agreement. Wow, thanks, Lorette. That's really informative. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Renee. Yes, it certainly is. It's really the new norm for motor vehicle accident claims involving unrepresented claimants. Exactly. And thanks, listeners, for joining us today for another episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. Listeners, please let us know if you have any questions or queries. We would love to hear from you. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.